My grandpa, he's 95 And he keeps on dancing, he's still alive My grandma, she's 92 She loves to dance and sing song too I don't know, but I've been told If you keep on dancing, you'll never grow old Come on, darling, put a pretty dress on We're gonna go out tonight And just like that, we are back. I believe we are now engaged in the recording of episode number 37 Correct. of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. We are gathered here in Oak Hill, Florida, the Taylor Park, around that old oak table. Ben, Mark, myself, and... I'm like the McRib. I'm back, bitch. Andrew <laughs> fucking Gilbert is back at the table. Yeah, baby. Man, I tell you what, it's been great having you back in town. It's been fun. It's really been spoiling me. It's been a, a great <laughs> double weekend of Andrew. Yes. It's oh, like, that's right. You guys uh, linked up up uh, in the Low Country earlier in the week. We did. It's like white man herpes. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so prepared for that comment. Ben keeps rubbing his lip now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared, Larry. I'm what scared. happens in the low country stays in the low country. <sighs> Some things never die. Dude, I ate home team for 24 hours straight. I, I, when I asked you if you wanted to meet at home team, the I thought. The poor I like, bastard that was next to you on your flight. Yes. <laughs> she was <Yeah>. hideous. <laughs> <laughs> and if she didn't look hideous, she sure smelled it by the end. She was actually really hot. <laughs> On your, she was also a photographer, which was she wasn't hot. very good though. Well, neither other people in the Low Country. You know who know. definitely probably wasn't hot. You flew Southwest, <laughs> the flight attendants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I flew from Charleston, so they were. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that's where home base is. Yes, it is. Every hot woman in this U.S. Yeah, but that doesn't the mean US. Southwest. They're yes. all commuters, anyways. I guarantee none of their hub is Charleston. Trust me, I'm for a hot bitches. Yeah, but not not <laughs> flight attendant, like specifically. Uh, I've exhausted my realm of expertise. All right, so let's let's go ahead since since Ben brought it up. So you were down um, doing some work south of Charleston. Yeah, yeah, we flew into Charleston on Wednesday and drove down to Savannah. And was this uh, strategic? Um, Logistics. You, yes, you were like, okay, we're going to the Savannah area to do work. So we'll fly through Charleston that way. When there's yeah. a little downtime on one end or the other of the trip, I'm sitting right where I need to be. Hell yeah, we flew into Jacksonville last time. I remember I like, that's a mistake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be doing a lot more Charleston trips. Cool. Yeah, that was my first time there. Oh, shit, really? I didn't realize yeah. that. Way Holy to bail shit. on all the Taylor's balls we've gone on as a group. Yeah, I know. So two hurricanes and a work event. Yeah, we still made yeah. it with two hurricanes. I'll excuse your work absence, barely. 
<laughs> we got Andrew. Uh, we got hit Ben by is the reviewing. Hurricanes. Ben is the head of HR here at the Taylor Park, <laughs> and he's he's looking Fun at your request excuses. Form denied. That right. stands for highly reliable because I've made all the Taylor's balls. <laughs> Resources. You know, I said Andrew. I thought I liked Ben. Ben's pretty sharp. I tonight. thought I liked Ben. I, I'm starting to think the fucking so, Brawny Man showed. Up. Well, so here's the <laughs> here's the deal. Beer. This is what Ben's decided. Um, we're gonna give a little shout out to Bree Drake for turning me on to these La Colombe coffees because for whatever reason there is real espresso in these. It's not just fake, and I'm actually kind of alert when we record at night if I pop these babies. They're so expensive, you're like that, though. You're like so. that kid in Talladega Nights. So all huffed up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> so <laughs> right, like right now, Ben <laughs> in the last like in the last ten minutes has yeah. uh, been consuming Mathal Blonde, uh, a fine blonde malted beverage, five percent alcohol by volume from Washington State. I'm gonna go ahead as and say well it now, as, as well as like some 45 good milliliters of 45 milliliters, not more, not less of uh, Elijah Craig's <laughs> Two small <tablespoons>. batch. <laughs> um, and now he is capping it off with uh, a brie espresso. Because well, nothing could go wrong. So, well, here's what could go wrong. <laughs> My thought process was, what happens if you took a sip of all of them at one time? You'd die. And just swallowed it. Diabetes. Diabetes. This actually has less sugar than you'd think. That's why I like them. They're not too sweet. What? That. <laughs> you, 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 posted also a rapper. you posted something. I post a lot of things, Larry. On on our little group text. Oh, that's this is danger. And. I immediately I was like diabetes, so I oh. found the <laughs> the cat. He did find no no no. He found the dude. The, the oh, dude. The old uh, man. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're just calm diabetes. Decent man. If that got, was if you got the beatus. The beatus. Yeah. Diabetes. He's riding on a horse. He's like, God, you don't do this for a living. Uh, <laughs> so what maybe was that? Did. What did you what, you shared something on the? I made. And I was like, holy diabetes. So I made in preparation for the. The brunch we're hosting at my house on Thursday. Cute. Um, I was going to do chicken and waffles. Right. But I just needed to test, test if the chicken recipe was good. Right. <laughs> so I was at the store with a buddy, and he grabbed a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Ooh. That's and so right. So I That's, smashed yep. it between two donuts. Like so donut verdict, chicken sandwich. Verdict is phenomenally awesome in taste. But by the time you get to like the last two bites, it's a little sweet and donuty. So yeah. a little rich. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it, you know, eighty-seven the donuts, and I'm probably gonna just do the chicken and pancakes or waffles or something. You good there, buddy? <laughs> and just like that, Andrew is am, refreshed and ready to go. It may be called smart water, but it ain't silent. <laughs> yeah. So. You guys are um, you're awesome. in you're in Charleston post work engagement. Yep, you actually got to fish. Yeah, with friend of the show. Yeah, it's funny how all that Robbie, worked. Yeah. yeah, Robbie Powell. Bend it flies. The legendary. He he got now, us on some fish. So this is an example of six degrees of separation, oh, yeah. not of Kevin Bacon, of Robbie Powell. Right? Yeah, man. Um, so like where I work, you know, there's a guy who has been there for a while and um through conversation we found out we both play like tournament paintball when I was, you know, when I was younger, you know, we years ago we both played tournament paintball. And um 
so he was, you know, we, we kind of connected on that level. And he was telling me about a teammate that he had uh, a few years ago that also played paintball and fly fishes, fly fishes in Charleston. So he was like, yeah, man, like next time we go down to Savannah, we need to fly into Charleston and uh, go hit up my buddy. You know, he has a skiff. He kind of likes to fly fish. He ties his own flies. I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. What's his name? I didn't recognize his name right away. And um, like a week out from the trip, he's like, hey, man, I called my buddy Robbie. Um, and I told him about you and, you know, like, you know, you, you do this podcast down there. And we started connecting the dots. And sure as shit enough, like huh. Robbie, who had sent us. You know, a bunch of flies yeah. before and right. has, like been a friend of the podcast for a long time like just happened to be this guy's friend that i met up in north carolina or fucking tennessee you know it's just funny how it worked you know it's it's really it it, it really is a fucking small world small. it's yeah. crazy yeah so you guys went out and fished it was it a it really wasn't like a flood tide in the grass it was just a it high was t- it was a okay well i don't know what the tide stage it was, was like, but there was a lot of that was like storm off the coast it's like bonus flood tide okay it was just really high water whatever it was and he was saying that like the peak of high tide was you know two or three hours before we even got on the water and there was still enough water to float on the grass okay so it was a bonus yeah because um, yeah. You know, you'll talk to guys, whether it's St. Augustine, Jacksonville, all the way up through, you know, to Charleston and, and up the Carolinas where flood tides happen. Yeah. There's a, like a traditional time of the year where it happens and mm-hmm. it kind of wraps up. And we're a little bit beyond what traditionally you're going to hear most people say. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. Flood tide season's kind of over. But see, just like you and I have seen the last two days here in the lagoon and the fact that we've got just this weird lunar slash astrological thing going on with these huge pushes of water yeah the lagoon is overfilled super high water so if it was like a borderline could have been a flood tide it's going to be a flood tide yeah. right now because just the mean water level is higher yeah and i read somewhere probably within the last week to 10 days that it's more to do with the position of Jupiter, mm-hmm. the moon and the sun. And it's like, you know, everything in the, everything in our galaxy is cyclical. And it just so happens that like every 50 years, like everything kind of lines up yeah. and it's that additional gravitational pull of Jupiter that's causing these huge tides. Yeah. So, so much for the, uh, you know, Oh my God, light Super your hair on tide. fire, you know, what is it? Uh, Venice is yeah, uh, sinking. sinking. No, it's just getting inundated by Jupiter. <laughs> so, but uh, not my Jupiter. You guys, uh, you, you actually stuck what three fish up yeah, in the grass? Man, I hadn't fucking touched a redfish in a year and a half at that point. Right. Um, so, like, we meet up with him at his house. We throw the boat on the truck. You know, drop it in the water. Run out to the first spot. Um, I hop up on the dance floor. He's pulling, uh, and my work buddy, he's in the cockpit, just kind of, you know, hanging around, uh, see three tailing fish in the grass. And I, you know, of course blow it in traditional fashion and, um, kind of pull off that flat. The water was starting to kind of recede at that point. So okay. we were kind of like, all right, let's not get stuck. And, um, good playing. Yeah. Hit up a few flats, um, along the way to one spot and ended up kind of getting into a school of fish. And over the course of like two hours, you know, we were able to kind of cast into the school and 
you know, I, I caught three fish, you know, on fly, which I mean, for me, it's like never happened. I've never had a more than one redfish day ever. Right. So multiple fish day, which pretty, is pretty, pretty fucking bang up. Hell yeah. And, uh, especially after being on hiatus, um, so, you know, and, and of course my work buddy got his first redfish on spin gear, which fucking awesome. Robbie, you know, got up there and he tagged a few and, you know, it was, it was just a bang up time. And then, uh, I guess Robbie and you have been, you know, talking back and forth and mm-hmm. I guess you didn't know I was in Charleston. Well, I saw you pass through, uh, on, on my way, way to, Savannah. to Savannah. I didn't know you're going back through. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I would have never guessed you would have been coming through Charleston. Neither would I. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like it was. It wasn't plan. like a pl- like a planned trip. I mean, it, you plan. You needed to go there at some point for yeah. for work purposes. But yeah, it wasn't like you had. It wasn't on. It, let's put it this way. It wasn't on the radar. Well, we'll put it this way too. It was. It was like it was like spring of nineteen ninety one, and you're on spring was, break. Well, I wasn't. And you're, yet. you're laying by the pool okay. in at uh, Southernmost Resort, uh-huh. and uh, there's probably a, like a little lull in the wet t-shirt contest. Uh, <laughs> you know, the music's down a little bit. It's kind of like that in-between period, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, there's this roar of a fucking MIG flying overhead, <laughs> and you look up, and you're like, what the fuck? That was a fucking MIG. And like 30 seconds later... It circles around and sure shit, there goes a fucking MiG twenty one overhead at like four hundred feet, and you're like, I wasn't planning on seeing that. That kind of <laughs> snuck up on me. Yeah, and that's how you ended up in Charleston. <laughs> shit just kind of <laughs> snuck up on you. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I wasn't inverted, <laughs> but yeah, I was. We were in the process of finishing up some parts for a boat. I need an aspirin after that. One. The well, it was a good story. Yeah. The, it, it, it's a true story. I've heard the I, true I lived, story. I lived that. Yeah. Was it I on was a there. previous podcast, or yeah. is this just uh, a break talk? I may have talk? mentioned this. I've Cancun, heard the story. Right? You know, we gave What's that? The, was we, that Cancun? No, it no, was no, it was Keys. Key West. Oh, oh. It was the American oh, Cancun. Oh, the dude diverted. In, no, uh, he, he, that, it's not diverted. That's um, uh, run for your lives is what that is. No, no, he defected. Defected. Yeah. Yes. Defecta of and uh, you know he came and and he he flew in below the radar down on the deck popped up to pattern altitude and everybody Yo, what's up everybody you know Key West Naval Air Stations to the east of Key West Airport mm-hmm. he popped up fucking landed at Key West Airport after like he popped up flew the length of the field came back around and landed and they're all like holy shit yeah <laughs> Mig twenty one on the ground out yeah, of nowhere baby. yeah. Um, the Navy enjoyed looking it over. Yeah. Oh, I I'm bet. Sure. Yeah. I bet they looked it over. Really they actually good. did return it, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty normal. I mean, after they went through it for a week. Yeah. Like, uh, Reverse engineered some stuff. Well, I, I don't think we've ever wanted to trend Why down would you to want to go backward? <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it was beneficial to, you know, yeah. get a look at it. Yeah. The uh, So we finished up some parts, and funny story. I'm laughing already. <laughs> over and over, dude, bro, kept Dobro? saying Brunswick. So uh, I'm like, cool. Brunswick's easy. I'm crossing the state line. I'm going to do a turn and burn. Go leisurely. We're good. 
Um, then he texted me his address the night before. Uh, not Brunswick, Charleston. Uh, I don't know how you get those confused or where the heck Brunswick kept coming up in the conversation. That's what we like to say is, gotcha good fucker. Yeah, well. <laughs> Bamboozled. Done been got. So. It's bros being guys. Just took off for Charleston. Uh, now, you, you set a course to Charleston with uh, pretty high expectations. The high expectation was pulling a turkey tag, which I have yet to do yet. No, Ben, and I, th- I think we, it was right before you left to go up there, we were talking, and you're like, yeah, you know, I've just got to run these parts up here and, you know, get this whole thing sorted out, finished up, put a bow on it. I'm just going to drive up to Charleston oh, tomorrow. turn around and come home. Oh, turn around and come back. And um, I was like, <laughs> you do realize that's. 12 fucking hours total. I was okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be good. I'll be good. And when you texted and said, I think I'm going to get a hotel, I was like, thank God (laughs) you came to your senses. I didn't come to my senses. It's Andrew's fault. Um, (laughs) No joke. It's Redfish's fault. I mean. No, it's your fault. Fuck off. No, it's good. It's good. Because I finished the parts parts run at 420. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be home by 1020. But Andrew and I have been talking about going and grabbing dinner. He's like, I think I'm going to be till six. Friendship I was like, prevailed. And I said, I'd rather have like I was like I was like I haven't seen Andrew forever. I want to I want to go have dinner with him. Thank you. So I waited, and then about five thirty, I was like, You're kind of an idiot. Like, <laughs> could I have done it at ten twenty? Yeah, but now we're looking at we're we're getting danger close to like two in the morning. Nah, I'm going to get a hotel. Good for you. Yeah. So I stayed at the... Uh, and, you know, especially since you're about to go out to dinner, you get a full belly of barbecue. Oh, the yeah. last oh, thing you need to be doing well, is trying to and drive I, home. I yeah. fell asleep driving on 95 one time at, like, 1 in the morning. It scared me. Whoa. And Georgia's really dark. Like, it's poorly lit. There was a lot of construction on the way up. I was like, I don't really need to be crashing here. Yeah. I, I do have things to live for. So I got a hotel. It was a wise decision. Got to hang out, uh, had barbecue. It was, it was cool to get everybody together. Yeah, it was fun. We'll have to we'll have to do it. Maybe like maybe you can make it to the Taylor's Ball next year. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, well, now that you've had a little, ta- that's your first time to Charleston yeah. as well, right? Yeah. yeah, really cool fucking town. Oh, uh, it really is. cool town. Really good talent. Yeah, really good. You went, you went by and took in the uh, Yeti store. Yeah, isn't that a pretty cool place? Yeah, yeah, they have great deals. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of, what was I gonna, there was a joke I was going to make earlier. I can't remember that part, but uh, we'll just let the cat out of the bag. Andrew actually paid money. He's the first person <laughs> I've ever heard of who's paid money for David Magnum's book. And yes, I know it's Mangum, but I we're not going there. I had a plane ride to entertain. I don't, there's $13 books at the airport that are so much better than that. <sighs> yeah. But you know, we've actually discussed a little bit of about his purchase uh-huh. we did the the purchase and the reason behind andrew's purchase was the imagery that is contained in that book which has nothing Completely to do with fair. the curator correct it's bang up it's really good oh no i bet and it and, and andrew honestly said hey you know i haven't been doing a lot of my own photography obviously doing a lot of videography yeah. and, and photography for work which nobody gets to see unfortunately right and he's like, I've kind of been in like in this lull 
and I was looking for inspiration. So I picked up the book and like some of the photography that I was seeing, I was like, damn, this is like real. So it had nothing to do with, you know, being a sycophant for somebody that pushes a boat or operates a trolling motor. It had everything to do with as a (laughs) photographer appreciating right. other photographers good work and there there's some and so there's something there's to be said positive in there in oh that for manner. sure and there's a couple yeah. uh i don't know that a hundred dollars is yeah. like the price that i would have paid so there's the yeti book there's only two books that i found that have really done it for me okay and it's the yeti book and then one by andy anderson which cabin brothers did a film on he's a really really good photographer um that he was like a fly fishing centric book Okay. It was like a big book you could have on your coffee table, you know, two-page spread photos. It was just one of those things. It's like seeing fly fishing photography in print is a lot more impactful than like the two-by-two-inch square you get on Instagram. Oh, there's yes, no doubt. Absolutely. Better than no online magazine. <laughs> it's like looking at print oh, is oh, oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's – it's. I mean, it makes that I mean, much closer I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know – the the act of picking up like a magazine, mm-hmm. whether it's the Drake or the Flyfish Journal, it's not just the words that you get to read. Yeah. It's not just the images that you look at. You're physically holding this. Yeah. You're flipping the pages. Yeah. And you can smell it. Right. Like that yeah. fresh it's magazine ink smell. Like mm-hmm. it's a yeah. it's an immersive it's an experience. It's an experience. And how many times have you heard, oh, you know, print is dead? Bullshit. Print's never going to be dead. No. There's some dead fuckers walking around this planet that don't appreciate print. And unfortunately, that's a majority of people at this point, most likely. But if you truly enjoy art and how things are captured, that one fucking moment is captured and then memorialized, you're going to be somebody that goes and buys that magazine. You're going to be somebody that goes and subscribes to that magazine. Um, I had a conversation with Tom Bai at IFTD, and I was like, Tom, for the love of fucking Christ, I need you to do something. He was like, "What? shit, Larry, what? I was like, will you please offer a fucking lifetime subscription? I don't care, (laughs) you know, like... Because here's the thing. <laughs> the subscription, you do like a one or a two-year option, and it may even be more than that. I said, but here's the truth, okay? I don't know how much money is in my bank account. I have no fucking clue. My wife handles all of that. I go out and earn it. She takes care of spending it at the right places. So when the time comes that I realize, wait a second, honey, why haven't I seen a Drake magazine in a while? Mm. I just saw online that the new one's out and I haven't seen it. And I know our mailman likes to beat the shit out of my copy before <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's not, I, I think this is like the second one I've missed. And she'll be like, you know, I think they sent me something about that. So I said, Tom, I would pay you for the privilege of never having yes. to worry about it again. Yeah. And he was like, well, I don't know if I could do a... I was like, do a five-year fucking option, you know? Because, like, I'm missing a lot of magazines because they expire, and it takes usually one to two issues. And I'm For like, them, fuck, yeah. I, I just missed half the year of the fucking magazine. Yeah. Um, so I actually 
I heard um, Paul and those guys. Um, I went real quick through their podcast, the last one they did, and scrubbed through. And like at some point, Paul had said something about, and we have the magazines here, old ones, new ones. So I'm actually the next time I'm in Charleston, I'm going to go by Flood Tide and try to pick up some of my missing yeah nice. um, yep. magazines. And but like I don't know how we ended up getting on me talking about <laughs> well <you know. laughs> print versus digital, and it's kind of the same. I mean, if you look around the walls of the of Oak Chill, like there's art. Yeah, it's all art. It's it's cool. It's like there's art museum. like real art everywhere. Um, what's cooler, that picture of those two redfish hanging on your wall or having a screenshot of those redfish? Oh, the fucking painting all day long. Exactly. Yeah. It's real. It's tangible. It's in front of you. You can see it. And and that piece of art has a story behind it. I know who painted it. Mm-hmm. I know when he finished it. I know where it was. I know that I wanted it the moment I fucking saw it. Yeah. I asked about it was denied being able to get it. And over the course of a year, I finally was able to say, what's going on with that, man? It's still sitting the last... I mean, you said... And he was like, you know what? Take it. Get it out of here. She's not here right now. (laughs) And it was like a deal where the guy that painted it, his wife was like, I think I want us to keep that one and put it in the house. But it never came out of his studio yeah and finally i was like i I know your wife said that she wanted to put it in the house but that was a year ago it ain't in the house yet so which one the the huge redfish oh yeah yeah Yeah. the pair of redfish there and i mean it's a big piece yeah you know even when i got i was like where the hell am i gonna put it and that's where it went because it's so big Mm -hmm. but i love it and uh you know he he does all kinds of stuff so anyway yeah every piece of art that i have hanging in here has some kind of story behind it. it. There's a connection, obviously, that, you know, when I saw that piece, it was something that I appreciated, I liked, I wanted it. And, too, like, that inspires, like, for me, like, coming here and just, like, the other night when I was walking in here for the first time, it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. I've been to way less interesting art museums. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and just for somebody that appreciates, appreciates art and well-done art, you know, it, like, inspires, you know, like, I have inspiration now because you have this great collection of art and like makes people want to yeah. be creative. Well, you know, uh, you know, we just got the new house up in New Smyrna and literally one of the things that we really considered when we were shopping for a new house was we need wall space because mm-hmm. we have a lot of art and for what you see on the walls here, and what you, we really haven't gotten our artwork moved from the old house to the new house yet. But like, I have tons of art yeah. that's still not been put up. Yeah. Because I ran out of wall space. Right. That's awesome. So it's a great problem to have. It's a right. cool problem. Dude, I've got I've got two original Borskis that are like in a closet because I don't have the room for them. Yeah. But even knowing that. And having been told a million times by my wife, enough buying art, you dumb fucker, you don't have anywhere to hang it. I still get shit all the time. And one of the things that I put it on my Instagram because I really thought it was cool is Cody Richardson does those fish out of the license license plates. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy crap, I want one of those. And we got it with the 
antique, old, old, old Florida plates. And our house is over a hundred years old. So like what yeah. better? And it's like, it's a treat to be able to go. And I'll, I'll always know I bought this. It got here a few days after we closed. Mm-hmm. This is like the first piece of art I put in this house because yeah, it's made out of vintage stuff. It's in a vintage house. It's yeah, like, it's like you a know, physical representation of how you felt at that time. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, if if you're able to walk in here and look at the things that are hanging on this wall and it inspires you, mm-hmm. I think that's fucking awesome. Because um, I, I walk in here all the time and look at different pieces and it makes me recall a trip with mm-hmm. a certain yeah. person. Um, or, you know, I look at another one and it reminds me of something I did with my family. And while we were on that trip, we found that piece of art and that, you know, which, you know, it's, it's like experiences versus, um, gifts. Yeah. Um, uh, material things, which I mean, the art is a, is a material thing, but there's so much into it. But like, just like, um, if I travel somewhere, I create all these memories and all these experiences versus if I could share that experience with someone versus just buying them a gift, the the difference is huge. So that's like something yeah. that we've done in our family is Christmas is coming up. Yep. Um, we stopped exchanging Christmas gifts uh, about three years ago. And what we do is we travel as a family and have a kick-ass two-week vacation versus saying, hey, Mark, remember what I got you for Christmas last year? No. And you're like, "Um, (laughs) fuck, no. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Versus, hey, remember when we were in Southern California and we, oh, fuck, yeah, I remember that, you know? 20 years from now, my kids yeah. got to remember that trip. Yeah, that was 2018. Remember, yeah. we went to the to, to the old DIY skate park, and we talked to that dude that was like salty, crusty, you know, awesome dude that told us that the Linda Vista skate park was finished, but it wasn't open. And in order to get in, we drive around behind the school, park next to the tennis court, go around yeah. the corner of the tennis court, and the fence can be pulled open there, and that's where <laughs> we sneak in. Remember you it's you priceless. skated you skated that skate park before it was open because we hopped the fence. Yeah, I remember that. Fucking a. And I've heard why <laughs> talk about y'all's vacations before, like yeah. unprompted. And right. Like, it's cool. He's he's got memories he'll never forget. So there's um the show Meat Eater. Yeah. You've, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, in that sh- one of the episodes they talk about like different levels of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like your first level of fun, your shallow level of fun is like. Man, I went on road on this roller coaster. It was fuck. That was really fun in that moment. Like, right. wow, that was a lot of fun. But the second level, the deeper level of fun, it's like we go out there and in their case, they're elk hunting. It's like it sucks. It's raining. They're not seeing shit. It's like if you're pulling into the wind all day and you only see one fish, but you catch that fish, or you know, it's just like grinding. You know, working towards a goal with somebody that you care about, and you remember it and it's fun to remember it. It's like, man, that fucking sucked, but that was a lot of fun. Remember that, that was time. a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it always starts with remember you that never, time. You never remember the roller coaster though. Yeah. Right. You never remember that level of fun in the roller coaster, but you remember the shitty experiences sometimes even more fun than they actually were in the moment. 
yeah. you know, any good story um, or experience, because an experience turns into a story, there's adversity. Yeah. There's a struggle to overcome that adversity. And then there's a triumph. Yeah. And, you know, just like you said, you know, you can go have an experience, the shallow experience. And win all day long and have no struggle doing it. Right. And it's just, wow, that was pretty easy. Yeah. Or you fucking put in the fucking work. Yeah. You overcome all these obstacles and uh, it's going to be, I mean, we've said it before on this show before. I remember more of the fish I didn't catch than I ever remember fish that I did catch. Now, you know, that'd be a lie to say you don't remember like the largest bass you caught or, you know, the biggest bonefish or the biggest one red fish. Yeah. But there's a bunch of smaller fish that will haunt you because of what you did or what happened. Like forgetting a paddle and having to use a palmetto to paddle your way across a fucking Everglades lake. <laughs> there you go. Or the day we spun a prop and, you know, had to wait out there for hours to get a new prop or, right. you know, there's a fucking list of, you know, those are the times are fun. Right. You know, those are the times I remember. And those are the times that you actually get to move beyond the normal mundane. It becomes an adventure. Every day. Like there's. There's a an everyday conversation that yeah. happens on the boat, right? You yes. Know, you're going to talk about what's been going on in the news, a, a couple of things that you've heard about, like your mutual friends have done. It's just like the normal. That's what you talk about on the skiff, you know, along with, you know, fuck that redfish. That piece, <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah. But like you have some shit go weird, yeah. go sideways, and you sit on the fucking shoreline and wait on the rescue mission to bring you something or – you know, whatever the calamity that causes that major stoppage. And that's where those eighth hour conversations. That's when you have those really good, deep conversations because everything came to an abrupt stop. You're no longer doing that. And then you get to like really have an experience. Yeah. And I think somebody else put it this similar train of thought, but it was like, you know, dudes kind of need to be a little bit cold, a little bit tired and a little bit scared to be really having fun. And it's like, you know, I, I thought that was pretty brilliant. Like those yeah. times that I remember the most, it's like, I was always kind of like a little nervous, a little tired and a little kind of in the elements or whatever. Uh huh. You so, know, there's, there's nothing that wakes up your perception than to get a little dose of fucking scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Got a little bit of that today. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's really like you know, if you go back it and like everything, it, yeah, it really heightens the experience. And you kind of crave it almost a little bit, like oh heck yeah, yeah, maybe not in the moment, but you know, it's just weird how it works. Yeah, it's a drug that's surely missed. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well so, yeah, and and, and there's it, yeah. definitely that. There's definitely that because I mean. You've got experiences, yeah. you know, mind pale in comparison, but I've had some experiences where whether it was... You almost got hit by lightning once, right? <laughs> like days like that. I've never almost been hit by lightning that I... Or tornado. No. With that red fish on the wall? No. No, no, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, you man... You told t- me that you've been, like, you were very close to a tornado once water spout on the boat no no no. we've been close to water spouts before 
Water spout, same. Okay. <laughs> Tornado. He's water thinking spout. of Sharknado. He was thinking oh, Sharknado. Yeah, that's, he, just yeah. he just couldn't say it. Yeah. No, the, you get like the, the like near-death experience. You get a high off that. For fucking sure. But it's the like it's legitimately the most fun high you'll ever get, and you start looking. Mark's got the look. He knows exactly <laughs> yeah. what's about. You start looking for ways to curate that and cultivate it without going too far. Like I don't really want to die, but what's the most way to how stimulate far this? And how far can I yeah. push it? Right. God, that's we fun. we saw a guy today that was oh pushing it. That was pushing the limits of what he should be doing in an airplane um doing some very 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 steep banks like wing overs and at very very low altitude and you know not well i mean we're not sitting in the aircraft capable aircraft well any aircraft is a capable aircraft it you know from (laughs) from no, but you know it's it's relative, right? So, based on it being a little Cessna one hundred and fifty or one hundred and fifty two, um, it's gonna you know its stall speed is you know forty five you know fifty miles an hour, um, but aerodynamics at high angles of attack and high turn rates things can happen quickly mm-hmm. um and, and you can have like a, a high speed stall that develops into a spin and you're going to need about 750 to a thousand feet to recover yeah from that and a stall is simply means the airplane's no longer flying um but it takes about 750 to a thousand feet to get the airplane Falling fast enough again so to make it high. to make it to make it fly, and this guy was doing some very steep turns at what appeared from where our vantage point was. He was going fairly slow when he was doing it, so he's kind of like really putting himself into the corner of an envelope. And if he makes one little mistake, he's probably going to make a really hard splash. And we posted a couple of stories because we were both huh. like. And, and it was funny. I was video, you know, for the story. And, like, you were like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you're in the background. And, and that's just, like, that was just the your reaction. That was just your gut reaction. Like, holy shit. Because, yeah. I mean, there he was super low. Super low. Yeah. And We were just talking about airplane crashes, too. We, ha- we had been. And it was, the funny thing was, you know, you were like, what in the fuck is he doing? And I was like. <laughs> I don't know, man, but the only thing that comes to mind to me is there's old pilots and bold pilots, but no old, bold pilots. Yeah. And he, like, buzzes around, does his thing, and he departs off to the north. And I said, you know what's the worst fucking thing that happened for that guy right there? Is he got away with that. And it's going to embolden him to do it again and again uh, and yeah. again. And probably with somebody in the cockpit. And lo and behold, him. somebody responded to the story yeah. and said, were you in Edgewater Oak Hill? Because I saw that guy last week doing the same thing. Oh, shit. I was like, yep. Wow. So it's somebody that thinks it's fun to go out there and do that. And, hey, you know what? Maybe he's in total control. It's not our plane. It's not our life. Not our well, plane. Not our life. Here's what I'm going to say. Chip, if you're listening, I know you fly Cessna. Cessnas. Uh, that better not be you. I know you're in Maine right now. But uh, 
Don't be doing acrobatics when you come to the Taylor Park at that low. Yeah. We like you. We want to keep you around. could have hit him with a slingshot. Yeah, he was low, man. That's how Goose bit the bucket. They went into a spin. God rest his soul. They went into a flat spin. (laughs) God rest his soul. (laughs) Bring back Goose. I hope he's in the movie. Comes back. Like, comes back. Yeah, like a ghost. No, Goose Jr. Goose Light. Goose Light. That would be awesome. Goose Light. Uh, rip goose heavy rip rip has has andrew shared with you um <laughs> i don't think mark's heard it the Earnhardt. oh he he shared it Earnhardt light yeah Earnhardt from here light. on out you know dale is you know dale dale Earnhardt. god dale rest heavy. his soul god rest his soul and then dale Earnhardt jr is now referred to as diet dale or <laughs> dale light so so andrew um, is working as a private contractor uh, in the oh god <laughs> photography field in the yeah. photography field yeah. and uh, as a government contractor um, sometimes they find themselves with uh, a lot of time a lot of time on their hands and you guys have been exploring um being familiar with uh, government bureaucracies as, like an you, agency. as you are an agency yes that uh, and I think this is brilliant and this is something that if uh, if someone were running for office <laughs> and they were to say that they promised to establish this new agency they would have my fucking vote they they would oh. they would win a fucking landslide <laughs> victory if part of their platform was, Ladies and gentlemen, if you will vote to put me in office, I will lead the charge. I will make sure that I have co-sponsors in both the House and the Senate because we are going to create the new Yoga Pants Agency. Approval agency. Approval agency. And and they actually already have pretty much all of <laughs> the, the, framework. the framework set up on the issuance of permits for the wearing of yoga pants, what qualifies one for being able to have that permit, and what disqualifies more say, importantly. I'm seeing red flag laws. actually a good thing here. And <laughs> there's some people that shouldn't have them. Like, it should be like a fishing permit. You like, per year. Yeah, you have to come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, <in>. requalify. <laughs> and at a certain age, like, it's going to stay the same for a while, so you can extend it to, like, a three-year. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, you're gonna to go back to the, down to like the one year. And, and, and if there's any life changing right. events, you've automatically yeah. gonna come back in and get retested. Like every breakup, you're retested. <laughs> right. And then there's that day where it gets revoked. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but you can reapply. You're just cut down to the six month permit. It's like sunscreen; just put it back on. <laughs> when the time's right. Yeah. Can, can Can you imagine the hand wringing that would happen? Because you know we all have had relatives that get up in age and you're like you should not be allowed to wear yoga pants that fucker shouldn't be driving driving but who's gonna tell him i'm not telling him (laughs) fuck that you tell him i'm not telling him dad says as long as he can get in the car and go he's good yeah but he's ran over four cats this week and fucking taken out three mailboxes well but he made it back to the driveway so you know that's a tough one can you imagine telling mom no more yoga pants mom that's why you don't have to. Well, that's why? why there's an agency. I well, that's what I'm saying. Well, you should be able to report like that. Mom needs to be retested for there's yoga There's a mobile pants. app. 
Oh, there's a mobile app. Yeah, like like Instagram, you could take a story. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it gets submitted. <laughs> yeah. Like a scan and go. <laughs> you have like a task number. <laughs> <laughs> you can check back. And like, Ma'am, I, excuse I me. Case. Can I get your QR code? Because I'm reporting uh, you to the uh, yoga it, agency. Well, well, first off, <laughs> we have to get all the yoga pants manufacturers on board. They have to. like it's RFIDs. Now, yeah. Now law. You have to have a QR code visible on the. We'll probably go left cheek. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is huh. this fucked up? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. We're gonna I mean, get, we're gonna get a lot of people that appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, like ten that don't. How, oh, how many like strong, independent women listen to our podcast? Yeah. At least there's three. Prob- yeah, there's <laughs> at least three, and we'll they'll probably be okay. The ones so to write in. So let's 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 be serious for a second. Okay. As serious as we are. <laughs> So it's a heart attack, baby. In in the past, we've seen and we've discussed some of the uh, efforts to level the fly fishing playing field, mm-hmm. right? Um, fifty fifty on the water. I'll wear yoga pants. Why I'll is that? It. Why is that a goal that you know, like it, the the sport needs to be fifty fifty? I think it needs to be a hundred percent of people that want to be fucking doing it. Yeah. If yeah, it happens to I be fifty percent male, fifty percent female, so be it. If it doesn't, so be it. But that being said, I've heard recently people say, "Well, you know, you'd be smart to reach out and try to establish and support female anglers." You know, why don't you guys do? a sticker aimed at just the females. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know, man, that seems like pandering to me. It's, it's like disingenuous. And I think that one of the things that we like to say about ourselves is we say what we think we do what we want to do and it's authentic and it's authentic. And I don't know that pandering to a gender is really authentic because because if you're going to, like, make it, like, a goal, everyone knows that's why you did it. Right. Yeah. And so then then you also – then you have to, like, fucking walk this weird line where it's like, okay, so if we're going to create this gender-specific marketing piece, we have to do it in such a manner that it's so fucking vanilla that no one will be offended. Yeah. And yes. then it's inauthentic. Yeah. So and everyone knows it. And everyone knows it. So I would proffer this idea. <laughs> so anybody that I fish with, or for for practical purposes right now, sit and talk into a microphone with are people that I know and have developed relationships with that I'm comfortable knowing that I can be myself. Yeah. I can say what I want to say. I may offend you, and I hope that sometimes I do, <laughs> because challenging each other yeah. on a friend yeah. level no develops point. growth, yeah. and, and it explores ideas, and it allows us to have differences, because without black, there's no white. Without hot, there's no cold. Like, you know, That's what makes you strong. It makes, it makes you stronger as a group. So I want to be able to know that if I have an idea – you guys are going to tell me it's a shitty idea, not just say, oh, yeah, 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 let's right. do it, oh, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
with that in mind, I would say whether it's Brenna, Bree, or Skylar, there's women in our life that fly fish that we know on a personal level that we also know that when we're around them, we can be ourselves, we can yeah. joke, we can be crass, we can be we can be ourselves. Not censored. Not censored. Right. And they're just as happy to be hanging out. Mm-hmm. And this is so cliche, and I hate to say it out loud, but they're no different. They're just one of the guys. Yep. And and I say that guys, not gender specific, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. No, it does. So yeah. so just like, you know, one of the one of the bellwethers of our sticker branding that we've ever done is do you double haul bro? You know, do you even double haul bro? So if we made a sticker that said, do you even double haul ho? (laughs) There's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot, probably a majority of the Instagram fly fishing world that would be like, that's fucked up, man. That's yeah. so fucking yes. sexist. That's true. But you know what? <laughs> Most of the women that we know that are really good anglers that can double haul, that can fucking hold their own, that I would love to have on the front of the boat or the back of the boat and share water with, can and do. And they look at the posers that are all about wearing the yoga pants, wearing the bikini, and it's all about that side of the business that would wholeheartedly be like yeah but do you double do you even double haul ho yeah <laughs> exactly i yes. think it's pretty funny yeah and i mean we'll never sell that sticker but like to me that's the sticker that really should be put out yes. it's like it's crass it's in your face and it's the fucking goddamn truth you know there's a lot of these accounts <laughs> that are they're nothing more than an image there's nothing mm-hmm. behind it yeah. But the, the, the true ones that you know and love because of who they are and who you've seen them be on a skiff yeah. on the river would actually laugh at that sticker. And there's a pretty good likelihood that they'd never put it on their car, but they might put it on their fly box. Right. Yeah. But, because there's a truth behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. And the yeah, truth like, sometimes is funnier than fiction. Right. Yeah, if you can laugh at it, you're not. If you if you don't laugh at it, you probably are. You know, you probably can't. Right. Bingo, yep. bingo. No. A denial is confirmations of sorts. So yeah. the only question that remains, and please send us a DM: <laughs> Do we make this sticker in the traditional black, or do we need to do it in pink? Leopard print. Leopard really print with gold lettering. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, that's. I don't know how we got there. And no yeah, idea. I'm, I'm probably in big time trouble for even saying it all out loud. Yeah. But, you know, what's it's okay, never what stopped me before, right? We actually got a few new reviews over we the did. Last, last few mm-hmm. uh, days, which was nice. Keep them coming, y'all. So, uh, Andrew and I have fished the last two days. So, yeah. he went from high in the low country to... Uh, Low down in the Taylor Park. So, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking uh, maybe here in a few minutes we're going to get into uh, just how impressive Andrew has become on the bow of a boat. Far from it. I I mean, some of the skills that I saw over the last two days. 
Can I opt out? Has been pretty fucking <laughs> unreal. Can you vote me off the island? We can mute you. Do you double hall hall do it. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. Actually recording. We are actually recording. We are back, 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 yeah, back from break, and um, we all ate stupid broccoli. Kind of herded everybody back over here. It's like herding cats, but uh, the reason for that was uh, the conversations we were having during break. I really think we should have contemporaneous to what we're recording. Andrew, you were saying that one of the things that you've kind of lost contact with because you are now employed, yeah. you're doing a job, your job has very specific requirements, yeah. um, a lot of which the work that you do, none of us are going to get to see uh, for good reason, but at the end of each day... Um, the environment that you've been in isn't the most creative environment. Um, It's, it's a means to an end. There's a mission that has to be accomplished. You need to record and memorialize whatever it is that you guys are working on working with. And I just want to say that over the time that we've known you that when you're around, the ability that you have to capture and tell a story with video, especially, but also to capture those moments that, that arresting time, bam, here's this moment. And it's a cool moment. And whether it's something mundane that because of the lighting, the angles, the things that you do is pretty incredible. So it was cool to kind of hear you talking about coming around and doing stuff in the group kind of yeah. has relit and rekindled what you like to do. Yeah. Um, but I want to back up a little bit and something we weren't really addressing and talking about during break, but I think is important to hear from you is while you were down here on this trip, you just wrapped up work. Um, yeah. You've got PTO that you're burning up and you had an opportunity to go back to the UCF photography school that you finished. Yeah. And as an alumni, go and talk to the current students about, hey, this is my life. This is what motivates me. This has been my experience, and I'm going to share this with you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the talk that you just did. Yeah. Um, 
shit just got real. He just got really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I talked. Yeah, <laughs> I talked. I had, my I had hands. some stuff to say. Yeah. People listened. To Drop some knowledge bombs. Um, you know, I was trying to figure out what I was going to say. You know, I got kind of invited back to talk about, you know, my transition from school to working and some of the access I got to stuff while I was in school and some of the freelance stuff I did. And I was trying to figure out like what to say and, you know, what to leave people on. And, uh, I just kind of ended up, you know, showing some of my work and kind of having antidotes for, you know, each photo. And, you know, it wasn't as much as like a lesson I learned, but you know, what happened during that photo. And it was like really cool and cathartic for me to go back through all those photos and be like, yeah, if like that, that day we, you know, had something bust up and, you know, we were out in the cold for like four hours in the dark. And, you know, that time I ate shit in front of the Golden Knights, like parachute team. And, you know, that time it was like, <laughs> you know, some dude got bit by a rattlesnake in his boot when we were doing a sling load operation in North Carolina. It was like all these really fucking cool stories that are really cool to me. I'd never really had gone back to appreciate them, you know, again for myself. I think kind of just sharing, you know, your experience with that and, you know, that goes for anybody. It could be any photographer sharing their experience and sharing what meant a lot to them at the time was, you know, cathartic for them too. The, some of the things that you and I talked about while we fished the last two days on the skiff, you were saying that you were getting questions from some of the students that are still in the program that are like, man, how did you get that shot? Yeah. And, you know, beyond what they're learning on the technical aspects and the, you know, how this photo could make them feel and all the stuff that you used to talk about and complain about when you were in class, you were telling me that you shared with them, you've got to step out of that comfort zone. You've got to be willing to take chances. Um, and, and and it's not like, like a chance at, you know, an opportunity. It's like, you know, a lot of that stuff, it's like, you know, most of their questions are evolved around, you know, how do you protect your gear? And it's like, well, you got to kind of sacrifice or make that risk. You know, like your gear could get fucked up in the process, but is the photo going to be cool? Right. Cool story. Is it going to be worth it? And like in almost every one of those cases, it was worth it. Even the times that I I did fuck up gear because I did a lot. You and I fucked up one of your cameras. Um, Remember the manatees. That did fuck up a lens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I told that story there too. And, you know, I mean, I've watched you um, at least on two occasions. Andrew and I have gone fishing to never pick up the fly rod the entire time we were out. We did it on a flood tide trip. Great fishing days too. Yeah. Like tons of fish. Um, And we never cast at them. And. I've watched Andrew laying across the front of my skiff and I can't even see the camera. It's like hanging over the front of the skiff down like for you, Ben millimeters from the water. (laughs) Um, And we're pulling up trying to get as close to tailing redfish without the redfish feeling the boat. And those are like, we've talked about it earlier. Those are some of those times where, are we on a fishing trip? Well, kind of. 
Is it matter. something that I'll never forget? Absolutely. Yeah. And and we never touched a fish, but we sure shit captured a bunch of them on film, or, yeah. You know, or digitally, however you know you want to say. And it's being willing and, and applying this across universally to what you do. Um, you've got to be willing to step out and take a chance and do something outside the box to be cliche. Um, but you, you know, you, you talk, you and I talked about it a lot on the boat over the last two days. It's surrounding yourself and having a group of friends or colleagues that challenge you. Um, inspire you to be better. Inspire you to be make better. Make you want to be better or, you know, and, like-minded people. And one of the things that I – probably the earliest I really remember that being like something that I was aware of and realized the benefit of – making sure you're being challenged um, was when I was a swimmer in high school. Um, I did well, um, held a lot of records on the swim team uh, in high school. And there was a particular kid that was like two years younger than me that when it was my junior year, he was a freshman and I saw like that he had he had it and i was like come over here and swim in the in the center lanes with us mm-hmm. and he was like i'm not fast enough and i said you fucking will be or you're gonna get run over but get over here and i pushed him for two years and i graduated went on to college and within a year after I was gone, my name was no longer on any record book at that school because yeah. he took those records. And it's being able to see the good, the potential, and other people and making sure to drag that out of them. And like you were saying, you know, in your work environment, you don't get a lot of that because it's like, it's not a creative environment, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more like a, Hey, this is what we, yeah, it's documentation. It's, this is what we need. Like, you know, it's kind of dictated to you. Yeah. So this weekend was really cool for me to see you kind of get that spark in in your eye. And, and, you know, when we were out, we didn't really do much, um, yesterday, um yeah. creatively but like today we fished in the morning and then after lunch you were like hey you want to go do some photography i've got a couple of ideas of a couple of shots i want to get and i was like hell yeah let's go do this yeah. and i'm speaking from a non-creative mind okay but i feel andrew is more at home here oh yeah than he would be on a river in tennessee or kentucky taking a picture of that trout in the net yes you, you see, yeah yeah you it's a, it, um, it's probably a familiarity yeah with with what we're doing um i honestly think and i, I i've told you a couple of different times you know like 
I know people that I could make a phone call yeah. and get you in a drift boat and you could fish some, you bring mm-hmm. your camera, your gear yeah. and document some stuff while you're doing it. I think the fact that you uh, knowing what I've seen you do here in our environment, in the salty mm-hmm. environment, yeah. I think you would go and take the creativity that you've demonstrated here already that, that like some of the ideas, some of the things that you do that are kind of very Andrewish. And you would go there and it might not be a familiar routine or rhythm, yeah. but your take on what they're doing on those tailwaters in East Tennessee, I think would be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, you say the word and I'll make the phone calls. I'd love to. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, you're just capturing and telling stories, and, and there's certainly tons of stories up there to be told. You know, yeah. I, I was very fortunate and got to go out with uh, Rhett, you know, mm-hmm. over Labor Day, and those guys, you know, just like the amount of knowledge they have and the the nuance that they get down to that level yeah. would be an environment where you'd be listening and, like, saying – Oh, okay, let me. Th- this is kind of the flavor, the feel of this. Yeah. And you'd be able to capture it. I don't know. Um, yeah. I think I just had so much, you know, for me, I, was, I didn't, I wasn't done here. Like when I left. It was yeah. Like, I would right. agree with that. I would agree with that. Cause you actually had reservations about the whole thing. You were kind of like apprehensive. You, you wanted that job, but you I weren't knew. sure about getting that job, what, <laughs> well, what it was going to mean. Yeah. It was like a, cluster of emotions but um don't you love that we're like dissecting you right now it's like therapy (laughs) (laughs) it's like you need the spotlight or some shit but you know of course like if i got offered the job like it was the job i've always wanted like i was gonna take it and i did take it and like there was i'd be dumb too and i would hate myself if i didn't but at the same time it's like fuck like i know what that means it's like i'd be moving to a place that doesn't have redfish doesn't have you guys doesn't have this fucking oak table you know right. i wouldn't be sleep you know sleeping on the couch in a trailer you know it's like right. i mean in college and stuff like i didn't have much going on until i met you guys it was like this really jump-started uh-huh. the whole like outdoor adventure lifestyle photography type stuff and it just spiraled into like a new you know part of my life that was like very outdoors oriented you know again you know i grew up that way but through college is, you know, started to lean a little more into the, in, you know, inside. Right. And it kind of brought me back outside, but you know, just being around here is just like so comfortable and you know, it's like you're amongst friends, you know, and you don't have that kind of community up there. At least I don't yet. And it doesn't hurt that we're all like, Hey, take a picture of me. I want to look right. cool. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah. Over here, over here, please make me look cool. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of stooges that are like, how's this pose? That's what you need. I you mean, know? to create people that are down to do creative stuff, you know? And, yeah. To some people, it's a chore and it sucks. You know, it's like I am as willing, I'm willing to do as much as it takes to go out and shoot the best work I've shot, but it takes somebody else willing to go help me do that. Right. You know, and it's not to like purposely go out, but or just to tag along on an adventure or something where you create the opportunity and conditions for something like that to happen. Well, I mean, you know, we were talking about it earlier, you know, whether it's a painting hanging on the wall or a photo like that bear. Yeah. Um, the photos that you took today, 
you know, Damn. I will always remember. I'll know exactly the spot. I'll remember exactly like, cause I mean, doing those photos was a little tedious. Isn't the right word, but <laughs> precise. what's that? Precise. Well, uh, it required like precision and a fuck up. Wouldn't have been a good thing. Today, <laughs> no. Right. Right. A fuck up. Wouldn't yeah. have been a good thing. So like, you know, you're doing that, that, calculation in your head of okay i know the shot he wants and he said get as close as you can but yeah. like you know i can't turn early i can't turn late if i turn early i'm running him over if yeah. i turn late it's probably not the shot he's looking for and from that aspect of doing that with you today i knew i was going to probably get a cool photo out of it yeah but i also had fun doing it because yeah. it was the process it was like you know okay this is what yep all right Yep, sun looks good. All right, well, what if we do it the other way with this? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, you know, come through, do this. And I was like, all right, so when I egress, I'm going to go out and I'm going to come and you give me the, yep, we're good, or no, nah, you need to try it again. Yeah. And it was cool to be able to communicate and like, no, work and, it through and work it through. And like, when I come back around and you're like, and like, the I think we're I was like, close right, to the same mindset it. on stuff too. Sure. So where it's easy to kind of, you know, throw that communication out there and, and, you know, respond quickly to that. But, and two, like there's a lot of dudes I have fished with that I would not trust to, you know, come that close. Like <laughs> right. fuck that, you know? And, and also part of, part of it that was fun is like when you threw out the idea, I was like, sir, sir, are you going to be in the water or do you <laughs> yeah. want like, or are you gonna, like an elevated position? You're like, I think both would be cool. And I was like, you know what? I know this spot that has these fucking <laughs> things that have been there for about three years. that I've never understood what they're there for, but today I know what they're for. <laughs> and it worked out perfect. It, yeah. it worked out perfect. So whatever research organization put those things out there. Thank you. Kudos. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're very worthwhile. Your survey walkways are well used. Um, so, Andrew and I did fish over the last two days. Um, Much needed. Man, I tell you what. What awesome weather we've had the last two days. Like, got perfect really, really temperature, lucky. just like very light Perfect wind. wind. <laughs> yeah, just everything about the last two days. I flew in. I'm like, there's no way this is normal, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah I just came for 20 degrees, you know? It was like. 75 and dead <laughs> calm and no clouds. So I really, you know, knowing that you'd been gone for months, um, I was like, man, you know, a little bit of pressure on myself of like, <laughs> I want to get Andrew out and I want to get Andrew on fish. Um, but the fucking water's so high. It's like, yeah. whew, what are, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? So I'm starting to try to like the calculus I'm running is, when the water's normal, like where are some of the areas where I'm really scuffing bottom? Those probably should be where I'm looking because now right. they'll be kind of kind of normalish or whatever. So yesterday we made a pretty long run to the south. Oh yeah, um, which is very out of character for me. I don't I don't usually like to. Sc- stray too far from my normal milk run but we we went down south um it's not a mark and ted 
Oh, it so. was well, pretty close. Re- pretty okay. close. Wow. <laughs> pretty close. I'd say we ran 45 minutes. So, yeah. you know, we covered some ground. I've got some hemorrhoids now. <laughs> and um, we worked our way, like, the first first area. We, we found fish where I, where I thought the fish would be. We just weren't seeing them very good. Yeah. Um, so then we, we made a change. That turned out to be a good idea. Uh, better water quality, and that's where we really started catching. And, uh, dude, I don't know whether it was um, the fact that the Charleston guys are good fluffers. They had you. They had your game. Like you know, you you had three fish under three. your belt already. Maybe maybe there was no pressure I've just on been yourself. So bad for so long, <laughs> dude. You you were shooting lasers. I mean, I Thank and I even much. I even told you yesterday on this. I was like, damn, dude, fucking casting like fucking Wyatt Earp out here. Like you were like fucking. Yeah, Thank you very much. It. And. Uh, Redfish, trout, yeah, redfish, flounder, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that, lo- that I little. I saw st- the pitch and I was like, "What the fuck?" If we had had a cooler, <laughs> that guy would have come home with us. <laughs> yeah, that was just just a banner day all yeah. around. Yeah, it was it was a fun day, and um, we made no Herculean effort to be the first person out on the water. We. We kept banker's hours. Got some um, breakfast. Went and got breakfast up at Camelot. Um, stopped by um, the meth lab, fueled up. Andrew made a contribution to the library. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really slow at the library, at the meth lab lately. It's I've dry. noticed. Yeah, it was like bone dry when we pulled up. He, he hung a couple on there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe we, we need to... Step it up. Step it up. I actually... Um, I need to run out to my truck on the next break. Um, I've got some stuff from 239 that uh, oh, nice. they sent up. But uh, they also gave us a couple of uh, new fly patches. Oh, cool. Nice. So that we can actually remove that ghetto redfish yeah. that I put up. <laughs> and put, like, restore. We're going right, to do yeah. We're gonna do a – the OG library is going to be fully restored to its like original – It's original glory. glory. And uh, hopefully – Whoever the fucking mouth breathing knuckle dragger was that took it down, we'll leave it alone this time. But uh, yeah, the the yeah, last the two days have been a lot of fun. It's like a homecoming, you know. You have to do you know all the stuff, and yeah. we did all the yeah. stuff. We did JBs, you know, the meth lab, which is getting nicer and nicer. And I, they're doing pretty fucking well. Yeah, and I think it's like a hundred percent due to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. about that. The, the deli. Because of us. There's a fucking palm tree inside. Wait. There's no way. Yes. Yes. There's no way that was there before this podcast. (laughs) But I mean, you could really make a full on experience. Like I feel like Oak Hill, Florida is starting to become like the. It's like a destination. Trashy Southeast, (laughs) like East Coast, Florida destination, like on your way to better waters in different places i guess but i mean just like you got the landmarks you got jb's you have the yeah. meth lab you have the chill and good rich yeah i mean so circling back rare. to the library i kind of came up with like i don't know that i'd call it like next level but a new spin on it okay um so i've been saving flies where i've had like 
usually they'd go like when I used to work in a, at a cubicle, I'd like pin them to my desk if I like first redfish on the fly that fly yeah. on yep. the desk. Sure. Um, but in the spirit of fun, I've started saving those flies to stick on flyberries. Oh. And I've started thinking about taking pieces of paper and like writing out what you caught. And if there's like a cool little story to it or something, just a quick little like one sentence scribble and laminating it and putting it through the hook and sticking it on the flyberry with like the little story or what what How, went down with it. I mean, I love I love our community, but you're not getting my first fly. Yeah. No, I'm no no no. I'm not gonna. <laughs> oh okay. No, <laughs> but like like I get more excited about seeing a fly on the flyberry that I've seen has got a rusty hook and has been used. Yes. Because yeah. I start thinking like. How many fish has this caught? What, has it caught anything? What's that fly seen? And like, obviously, it's an inanimate object. I can't tell you, but I get really jazzed about it. And well, so, I think that you know, take on a leadership role and do that. Yeah, yeah it's that's, just a matter of plan. And and like what I envision from what you just said is like almost like the fortune cookie size piece of paper yeah yeah exactly yeah. Um, nothing bigger with just a little note you know two redfish one snook on 11 27 19 right. and you just hang it on there yeah. maybe maybe you throw your instagram handle on the back side of it yeah and whoever happens yeah. to get it maybe one day mysteriously you get a dm that says hey ben i got your you know Whamajama off the fucking flyberry down at the Pineda Causeway, and yep. just so you know, in addition to those three fish that you caught with it, I caught these two yeah. Right yeah. over here. Yep. That would be kind of cool. Um, I've long tried to put stories and say, hey, you know, seeing all these flyberries is cool and all, but why don't you guys like send us some pictures of some fish that you've caught from yeah. taking with, one off yeah. a flyberry? And and a few people have done that. Um, and a few people, you know, it's, it's, it's fucked up. There's cynical people you see, like make comments on different people that have like, you know, done a post about the flyberry that they put up and like some cynical prick will be like, Oh, the only flies that get put on those are the ones that suck. Hardly like, you know, I'm sure there's a few that people put up they're like fuck this fly i don't need it anymore nobody you know nothing happened with it but there's a lot more people i think that go i'm proud of this pattern yeah. this pattern works for me and i'm going to share it with right. the world right there's a lot more of that going on than any of the negative things and if you start doing what you're talking about i think it just adds to the story i think it's it's great i'd love to see that take be taken like really far like oh, in a journal or something like a, so, it'd be a lot of work, but like if yeah. you just pass on this like fly box. It's slash almost piece like of the paper. like where's Georgia.com where you can track your yeah. dollar bills and where they go. Oh yeah, but not like a trackable way. But it's just I kind of thought about I was like like because I haven't caught fish with them yet, but I've snagged two flies off of flyberries that were like either like left in somebody's boat or clearly used, and like. I'm excited to try it. And it, it's funny because it adds this mental pressure on me anyways where I'm like, if you Can hook I'm, a mangrove, you're going to get it. Yeah. Like, this fly's not done yet. Okay. So let's talk about flies that work. Um, you sent that flounder back with a fly. <laughs> right? It's like my favorite fly too. Yeah. So that the, there's, there's a flounder in the middle lagoon. <laughs> That has a lip piercing, 
What kind of flow? What was it? Was like a it was like a slider on a jig hook. Yeah, with a large yellow lead eyes. Okay. Did you guys see? I want it back. Did you guys <laughs> see the? Um, I, don't, I can't remember if it was a story or if it was an actual post that Ben Siddig put up while he was in Louisiana. I did. Yeah. So, okay. So Ben Ben was in Louisiana last week uh, fishing with some of the Drake. Um, message board guys that we all know they they do like this annual trip down there during the running of the bulls and uh, (laughs) they had a great week of fishing or three days four days week whatever they had a great trip and they caught i don't know if it was ben that caught it or it was willie but it was one of the guys that was on the trip catches a redfish and when they land the redfish they see a fucking fly in the redfish's mouth already that's like rusty and mm-hmm. nasty and the feathers that are on it are like kind of you know it's been in the water for a while yeah they removed it they took a photo of it and said if anybody recognizes this fly let us know i did see this the dude fucking said that's my fly and here's a picture of it no shit cool. how yeah. fucking crazy that's cool is fucking that awesome talk about small world yeah you got to keep that one. In your honor, I rest my case on <laughs> Louisiana redfish being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben, for proving the case. <laughs> you know, I would yeah. love to go out there and fish more. I, I've gone out there before, but the one time that I did that trip, it's like, whew, that's a long way to go for redfish. Yeah, sure I know. Ride. They're big ones and all that, but it's still, man, it's an 11, 12 hour trip to go out there if you're going to yeah. take your own skiff. Yeah, that's. that's well, we have deal. them in our backyard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, I don't discount anyone for doing it, but. A couple. No. couple uh, um, one of the kind of out there off topic but still on topic uh comments when i posted a picture of that cody richardson redfish Mm -hmm. piece of art that i just got Mm -hmm. for the new house was uh one of the guys that's from louisiana that said did all of those license plates come off of trucks at louisiana boat ramps because uh, I guess uh, it's that time of year again. Or they where, migrate. Where Louisiana <laughs> guides complain about Florida guides being in Louisiana. But isn't there also a time of year where Florida guides complain about Louisiana guides yeah. being down here fishing think, for tarpons? I'll say, I think they call yeah. that tarpon season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever heard of her? <laughs> so isn't it curious that you know we can always find a contrarian view? Yeah. No matter what you do. I got a couple of messages um, during the past week uh, from kayak anglers. Oh. That. Uh, plasty dips. That, yeah. <laughs> the the plastic hatch crew. Um, and, and they all actually said that I handled the situation appropriately. That uh, if it's. Both vessels are not under power, meaning I was utilizing the push pole. Then we are on even fucking Stephen grounds first. Absolutely. So, but one of one of the guys actually 
sent a message and I think I got it this morning maybe. And, uh, first he sent me a photo and it was his cute little feetsies, um, <laughs> on, you know, the front of his kayak showing me I'm actually on the water right now as a kayaker. <laughs> and then he went through and said, you know, the way that you handled it. Yeah. You know, you guys are on the even, you know, it's who's willing to ex- expend the physical energy to get there first. I get that and all, but he had a kind of a contrary view and said, however, However, because you have a motor, you could have chosen to go somewhere else rather easily. You have a paddle. But but it may have taken that guy with the paddle an hour to get to where we were. And it may have taken it may take him that much longer to get to the next spot. And to which I said nothing other than thank you for uh, thanks for the insight. Yeah. But like my 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 thought was it's not I you know, we both had a choice. I chose to buy a skiff, he chose to buy I, yeah. a I kayak. I was gonna say that, you know, as when we first moved here, I bought up a, a paddle craft. Uh huh. I was like Sweet. This is awesome. Then it turned into this is not getting me yeah. to where I wanna go. Right. So I'm gonna do this and purchase, you know, the Ginu and then and then the salt marsh. Right. I mean, you look at some of these kayaks now, they're or paddle boards, they're just as much Isn't that as crazy? a used we'll just say boat. Right. Yeah. Whether you it's get a, a Carolina for skiff less with a or motor. Ginu. Yeah. It's like I mean, I the options <laughs> are out there. You have options. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um I'm glad that the, the those of you that listened to yeah. last episode agree that you know what whether you're in paddlecraft or in a skiff when it comes down to accessing a flat everybody's kind of equal it's human power if you want it bad enough you better beat me to it well don't let an old man beat you it kind of reminds you of the people who like you fish in their docks like these are my fish these are my waters i have more of a right to it because either a i'm slower due to my vessel not being able to come up on motor. Um, so you go bug off. Um, you know, okay, it's weird. It's weird. All right. I've been the recipient of fishing a dock and having somebody come out and, like, run you off or try to yeah. fuck up your fishing. And you're like, God dang, what a fucking jerk. Right. Right? But I also own a house on a lake. And... I've had people fish my dock for bass that I'm like, dude, the fuck? Why, why are you that close to my dock? Why are you fishing my dock? Like, I know why you're fishing it. Cause you know, I feed the fucking brim every day. And after the brim eat, then the shiners come in. But like, can you please be like sporting and like just fish the lake, not fish my pets? <laughs> and but now I've I've I never go down and run them off. Yeah, I never go down and stomp my feet, <laughs> spray them with a hose. Do do I <laughs> have I have I walked out and like looked three hundred feet across, you know, down to the water's edge from the back of the house and give them a little bit of the hairy eyeball? Yeah. And 
did they know that they were kind of crossing a line? Yeah, because as soon as they saw me, it was like they spin around and go off somewhere else. But this is where I did feel like they crossed a line. I saw them throwing a fucking cast net Whoa. Yeah. right, oh, where, I, right yeah. where I feed the, the fish. And I was like, man, come on. Yeah. Like, I don't have a problem with you bait fishing the lake, but feed your own fucking shiners and get your own fucking fish that are going to hang out at your yeah. dock. Like, yeah. don't yeah. come over to my dock, you lazy Cultivate piece of shit. yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah. I think it has I've a, been on a, both sides of it. And, I, you know. It, a lot it, to do with. It's easy up, to become possession, keep, possessive. There, there are certain anglers out there that'll just as easily break off a line because mm-hmm. they casted it up there as opposed to retrieving said lure. Like on and a dock. It, right. And then it sits there and homeowner steps on it. Yeah. Okay. See, so yeah, I've never thought about that. Like. Uh, you know, all the bird's nests that'll get tangled up in the pilings from people breaking off. Right. That. Probably sours the dock owner right, a bit. Yeah. Right. And they're like, that. come on. Yeah. But I think us as fly anglers, we want to keep that fly. Right. So we're, we're going to nose up to the dock and try to wiggle that fly loose as best as we can as opposed to, uh, it's just a spook minnow. Right. Yeah. I'll buy a thirty, one. a bag of thirty right. more of them. Hmm. And then Could grand, be. grandkids come out, and well, now they got a treble hook to the foot. Yeah. Well, I don't see that for every situation. I right. Think some people are just jerks, and yeah. you know, want to keep their shiners. I think we. I be. think we probably all saw the video that was circulating last week of the old man that. Uh, yeah, the, he was spraying the water hose. He was starting the boat. The only trick that he didn't have in his bag of tricks that I personally have used to to great success is um, I have a fire pit next mm-hmm. to my dock, right on the right on the lake. And anytime someone was like seriously encroaching, and it's like they became like too comfortable with their encroachment. Yeah and hairy eyeball didn't work anymore, I would always just find, hey, right now's a good time to clean up some yard debris and have a fire down by the lake. Yeah. yeah. And it just almost always coincided with an offshore breeze. <laughs> so just, people don't tolerate the fucking <laughs> smoky grass clippings yeah. smoke very well to stay on your dock. And I never said a word to them. I didn't say they needed to leave, didn't have to leave. They just... For some reason, decided yeah. that uh, you know, weird. Yeah, the smoke was too much. When I saw that video, though, I, I I wondered how effective the hose was. Though, do fish run away when it rains? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they drown. What? <laughs> I was like, <sighs> I don't know. You're spraying water on water. I've heard of so. What? I heard a story in Biscayne Bay that like takes the dock owner like way too fucking far. Um. So there, you know, some of those keys north of Elliott Key, mm-hmm. there's like a house in one of them. Okay. And um, all the offshore guys would come up there and go, you know, throw cast nets at this dude's dock or by this dude's dock. And um, the dude obviously was not like thrilled the, about his situation. Uh-huh. So he decided, you know, one day to go out and pour fucking bleach in the water. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Super. Yeah, wow. I don't know what happened with it. Yeah, he didn't have a fucking cast net problem after that, but right. that's like, in my mind, pretty fucked up. I mean, I've, yeah, that's well, because you're altering up. an environment. I've seen the homeowners take it as far as, however, they get out there, taking twine or some type of string yeah. and going around. Yeah, and that way, right? That way, you can't you can't cast. skip it underneath yep. and stuff like that. And, and you know if if you're out and you see a dock like that, you pass it by. I don't know because my mind says, "What's under that? What are they hiding? <laughs> All the untouched fish. That that's, you know, that's where the big snook is." And my mind goes a little you bit further. It's it's like I usually skip them. I don't fish docks very often, so I do a lot. Um, yeah, you know. You okay, know. so that's that's all right. That's a weird weird thing so not weird as in weird like you are ben just like strange just, just like <laughs> no. normal weird not normal uh, weird so i've i've fished with friends in the banana and the indian river like down in south brevard county mm-hmm. and that really is a thing like mm-hmm. you guys fish around docks yeah and it's it's the weirdest thing to me like but it's because we're so used to being out here where there isn't anything that's not well, even like you know yeah. like when i put in i'm getting a, the fuck away from docks down right. there there's no escaping the docks mm-hmm. for the most yeah. part right and you you start learning which bottoms hold which fish and you start exploring docks like i i weighed a pretty decent bit um and i like to wade around docks and through them and, and you learn which mud bottoms hold what species and sand bottoms hold this and what time of the year has this um and you can you can start getting like you know what time of the year okay I know these twenty something inch snook are gonna be here roughly these months and the hotter it gets like when it's disgusting bathtub water hot and I'm so far deep in mud like that's where that's when I want to be there because nobody else wants to because it's disgusting but that's when the big ones are there and are they under the dock because it's like shady it's like They're, maybe two you, degrees cooler maybe a little bit cooler it's a good ambush point um particularly with snook you you tend to find like they like to ambush things and certain docks you know do bet like you'll time it with wind to know which like when when the current is moving in this case when it's moving north they're staged up looking south and you can wade from the south all the way up and hit all these pilings move over hit these pilings and and Nine times out of ten, you're going to pull a handful of snook because they're stacked up, everything staged just right, and you've learned this is when they do X. Okay. Um, With docks and dock ownership, mm-hmm. I was thinking about what changes from dock ownership to our friends out west as far as waterfront uh you know like in colorado for example okay like they own the ground under the water right right you can float over but you can't touch it you can't touch that's for the most i see the similarity is like but for the most part in in florida at least um i would say with fair certainty that 90 percent plus is true in that they don't own 
the bottom um, okay. around yeah. that dock. They own the dock. They mm-hmm. own the dock, and they have a it, permit, maybe, from the state um, to have that dock giving there, them the right. giving yeah. them the yeah. permission to have it there, um, especially, like, on the intercoastal waterway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the bottom is considered to be sovereign lands of the state. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why it's a public waterway. Um, now, I do know here in our neighborhood, um, there's a particular dock um, here that the way that the survey is laid out, that there's a portion of a gentleman's dock here that is underwater. The lot is. The lot line extends out into the water. Now, he is the only, the only person on the entire waterfront in this neighborhood that believes that his submerged portion of his lot continues to be under his dominion and control to the point that he went out and drove a um, big piece of rebar that sticks out of the water. And I've seen him yelling and screaming and losing his fucking mind (laughs) at people. Because they crossed. That are like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, you know, and, and to him... It's his property. Mm-hmm. He pays taxes on it. You shouldn't be there. And I get it, you know, because he, he has it in his mind. It's his yeah. reality. Right. However, so. it's probably in a court. They would say, no, that's below the mean, mm-hmm. you know, watermark. And I understand you have a plat that looks like you own that, but you really don't because it's well, actually because, state sovereign. Yeah. So you know. there are, I believe it's around 200 lots in the state of Florida that own the ground rights under the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, very my, few. Very few. My parents' house on their island is one of them. Okay. They own, like, if they wanted to trespass me for walking under their dock when I weighed, they legally could. Not worth the effort, but they right. could if they wanted to. Um that's 200 statewide Mm -hmm. the odds of you being like one of them who like versus that's why i was saying like 99.9 percent agreement of yeah this is here your survey i don't know but it's it's very few um the dock that i have on mm -hmm. the lake where i used to live the entire structure is not on my property um, my property line ends and then the dock extends Ext- out, in, you know? Yeah. Um, so do I technically have any say so over it? No. Why do I get annoyed about it? I don't know. Cause sometimes like, you know, throw, you know right. I, it's just, yeah, I just, it's just like, you got this entire lake. Why are you like, you know, and it's, if I'm not there to see it, it doesn't bother me. Right. But like when yeah. I'm sitting on the dock. Watching w- it happen. W- why are you coming up and like ruining my fucking yeah. view, bro? Yeah. There's like 10 other right. docks. Go fuck with somebody else's <laughs> yep. dock. No, you know? I agree. No, I don't get up and, and, and grab a shovel. And, you know, the, the one thing that that guy in that video, that old man, reminded me, he's a motherfucker that can rub his head. Or rub his belly and pat his head at the same yes. time like nobody else, you know. Because I mean, he was spraying the water hose, yeah, banging, banging. Like I mean, he he was a multitasker like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too. Like 
for those of you that do fish docks, like, especially if you're getting into it, you get excited. You don't think about things like I'll skip a dock. If people are outside, like I'll dock light fish sometimes. And I've had like, there's only a handful of lights and like docks that have lights in the river that produce good fish. But like one of them, we, it's called the suicide dock. It's really hard to get a fly under, but if you do, there's fish. They were having like a dinner party under the dock, and I was like, I don't want to be a dick. <laughs> Pass by it. You give them the courtesy. Yeah. It's been years ago. But you best believe I drove by two hours later when they weren't there and went back. Right. Yeah. I and think the and, core and, of it and is that's, just to not be a dick. Yeah. Right. There you don't, go. Yes. Treat people how you want to be treated. <laughs> we we yeah. were fishing up in New Smyrna years ago, and same thing. There's certain docks that have lights on them. Especially on a week in night, like a Friday night, there's a ton of people out fishing. So, like, you know, you're jockeying amongst other boats to get a dock. And then, like, you know, you come across a dock. And if there's people out there, you just skip it. You know, go find another dock. We had found a dock that had lights. There were fish under there. We could see them popping shrimp. And we had, like, set up. We're fishing this dock. And we see the fucking lights come on on the back porch. I'm like, fuck. Our night just fucking ended. Fucking door flies open. Dude comes strolling out of the back door. He's looking right at us. Fucking walks across the pool deck. Gets to the dock. Starts walking out the dock. But he's not stomping. He's like really quietly, carefully walking. (laughs) And he stops. He's like, hey man right over here behind this piling (laughs) and was like calling in airstrikes for us it was fucking (laughs) awesome it was like and we we sat there and we fished with him for like an hour the assist and uh you know then we you know we were finally like all right man we're heading in hey thanks and he was like yeah man love to see you guys fly fishing and that was it like you know and off he went it's awesome but uh you know those are mutual respect yeah exactly so it was fun um Andrew, do you have any uh, thing else that we need to cover while we've got you here? Um, I know you fly out early in the morning. Yeah, too early. Um, new lady friends. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Pretty want- dry at the moment, actually. <laughs> well, oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> just the most disgusting female on the face of this planet i've never thought i would see in my lifetime a lady that dipped i just and i thought about it a lot like i would never see the day you know and i thought it about it like three days before it happened and uh i'm just i'm just ecstatic that i got to share that with somebody <laughs> to prove that it happened but um so me and Ted, we were in um Ted came up to Tennessee and uh Ted likes to ball out when he uh travels. Yeah. So like we meet up at the bar and um grab him some drinks, like some PBR, and uh he's like, Well, I don't really want bar food, so we ended up trying to pick out a few steakhouses. So we ended up at this one local place. Um we got an Uber. Uber what's bl- what's the name of that place? Because I want to go try that out next time I'm in Um because it sounds amazing it was fucking awesome uh it it's like a house so we pull up and it's like a really old house and it's all lit up and you know just 
really fancy. You walk in there and um, it's like a living room and um, the hostess, you know, goes and sits us down in a bedroom upstairs. It's called uh, Jimmy Kelly's. Okay. I think. Um, but super, super fancy. It's Nashville's oldest steakhouse. And uh, we sit upstairs in like the guest bedroom. <laughs> and there's like five other tables in this room. And a little weird, but, you know, I'm digging the vibe. And so he gets our drink orders. And um, he brings out, instead of bread, he brings out like little pancakes. The size of like like dollar coins. <laughs> And we're sitting there like eating pancakes with our hands. <laughs> it was like pretty damn good. And um, so, you know, we order our steak and I shit you not, it's probably the best steak I've ever had at a dining establishment. Um, and uh, cost a fortune. And um, thank you again. But um, so we left there. We went to the Patterson house, which is like an old speakeasy in Nashville. It's the same kind of situation. It's like an actual house from po- prohibition that was uh a legit speakeasy we go in there have some drinks um and uh kind of wrapping up the night i'm like all right we need to go buy one more place and it has to be on broadway which is like the bachelor capital of the world and it has surpassed vegas as being so now um and it's always packed and I, it's just a place you have to go see while you're in nashville um so we Ubered downtown, which was pretty close to his hotel. And um, there's one bar down there that I think is pretty good. It's underneath uh, Jason Aldean's bar. It's where all the chicks that aren't hot enough to get into Jason Aldean's bar go to. <laughs> when uh, they get turned away. Exactly. It's called Tequila Cowboy. So we're in there, and we're drinking PBR like it's our job. And um, standing there, and there's this line of what I thought was like a bachelorette party comes walking through. And, um, do they give them a sticker that says, have you ever heard of tequila cowboy? Ho, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's, that sticker would be so appropriate for the situation too. So before I say this, um, I have like a grading scale now cause I've been to, I feel like I've been to a, a fair amount of the country, you know, in recent history to kind of like, like a 10 in Dothan, Alabama is not a 10 in Charleston. You know, right, the, the yeah. scale is different. Uh, right, yeah. right. So, like, I work in Oak Grove, Kentucky. Like, an Oak Grove thirteen is like a Nashville. I'll say a six. So, yeah, whatever the math is there, you could do it. <laughs> right, but so we're sitting in this. You have to bar. get out your conversion card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I got good news for you, honey. You're a 13 where we stand right now. <laughs> but if we were to go across the county line, ten miles down the road, you're a solid exactly. six. Exactly, exactly. And um, so yes, I will buy you a beer during oof. happy hour, and it's going to be a draft. I think Ted bought her a beer. Actually, Did he? yeah. So we're standing there, and um, line of girls comes walking through, and one of them like locks eyes with me. I'm like, oh fuck, uh, okay. And she walks up towards me slowly. And making like, do you have a smoke signal with her like hands? And um, I'm like, yeah, no, I I don't smoke. Sorry. She's like, yeah, it's probably cooler that you don't smoke, you know. But you know <laughs> what I really love is like dip. Do you have like Copenhagen on you? <laughs> I'm like, all right. First off, she's shitting me. There's no way a lady is like about to, you know, actually bum a dip. dip. I mean, like that shit doesn't happen. I've never seen it happen. 
And I'm like, well, no, my buddy Ted might. So she turns around to Ted and, and Ted's like, uh, what? And uh, she reiterates, so, like, she's looking for some Copenhagen. So Ted's like, well, I got Skull. And um, goes to, like, pack it for her. And she's like, nah, 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 hint here. Like, you're, you're not packing it right. So she packs the shit herself better than Ted could. It's like, you know what? Like, Skull's a chick dip, you know? Or, like, some, like, sissy pussy, like, dip. Like, chastising him for not having Copenhagen. And did, yeah. did you did you jump in there and say, well, he is from Canada? <laughs> I did, actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, my Canadian friend doesn't know our ways, but she is all of a Kentucky 8, so like a ah, – that's kind of brutal. She, she was a <laughs> – she was an 11 in Kentucky. Okay. So, you know, not ugly. Okay. You know, like a fine-looking girl, but not – there's some flaws, um, <laughs> especially with Copenhagen. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she turns to me and is like, what are you drinking? And I'm like, um, you know, PBR. And she's like, you know what you should have asked That's her. a chick beer. Do you spit or do you swallow? Well, she was asking <laughs> because she needed my candid oh. spit in. So I knew the answer to that. And um, she's like, you know what? I like Bush Light. And it's like really adamant that uh. this bar does not have Bush Light and that she is pissed about them not having bush light so we should go to another bar to get some bush light um so ted's kind of egressed and made his way to the bar <laughs> to get more drinks but that turned into a while so he decided to sit by the bar and that's where he got the photo yep. he filmed he filmed like the whole fucking encounter he's like laughing his ass off and i'm like looking past her at ted like get me fucking out of here come like, save this me is fucked and uh of course, did not come to the rescue. So there was at no all. wingman. No, oh, no. Well, man. I mean, he might have thought like, but no. <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many times did you say, "Get in here, Maverick"? Yeah, get I was in like, here. Yeah, <laughs> re-engage, Maverick. <laughs> Mav, come on, Mav. Um. So she chastised me for my beer, and um, I was like, uh, "Where are you from?" And I'm like, uh, "You know, from Florida. I live up in Clarksville, Tennessee." She's like, "I'm from Clarksville." I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, I, I was like yeah. really hoping she was an out-of-towner because that's what the majority of those chicks in the bar are. And um, it's like, give me your phone. I'm like, oh, fuck, whatever. Um, <laughs> just to see what happens here. And um, she goes to put her contact in my in my phone, and she say uh, saves her number as Jen, the hot-ass bitch I met at Tequila Cowboy. That's her name in my phone right now. And then called herself from my phone, you know, so sure she, she had in. her number. Um, it's like, oh yeah, you know, my husband works up at Fort Campbell in Clarksville too. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking to me for? <laughs> so not only am I have the potential to see you at my local Walmart, cause that's probably where she shops. Like not only that, but I have to potentially see your husband. Like it's just the most fucked up situation I've ever been in in Nashville, like by far. And I'm sure the first of many, so so she's a so Kentucky eleven. Uh, this okay. beg, Oak Grove, Kentucky <laughs> right. eleven, it, which begs Tennessee begs one answer, and the question is: Have you been keeping a can of Copenhagen in the truck? <laughs> <laughs> I just oh lost. <laughs> what a time for that to get out! Are you guys still alive? No, it, it stopped because there was so much <laughs> feedback. <laughs> All right, ready? <laughs> uh, we broke the board. <laughs> we did. A little feedback. 
I didn't realize it did that. <laughs> it only started doing it recently. It's like some update or something. It's uh, like it's horrible. <laughs> I think Ouija boards are weird, and I'd never use one. But I feel like sometimes this board is yeah. like a little possessed, and like whatever ghost lives inside just kind of suffers from mood swings. Yeah, Does or it all the beer that's been spilt on it. Yeah, but yeah. So the old gin is uh, running around Clarksville, full of Copenhagen. What a wad of flavor. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, next week, can you believe it? Thanksgiving? I can't. I mean, it's... I'm ready for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll be uh, out west. West coast of Florida. I'll be here. Not not at Larry's house. but in I wouldn't even be here. I'll be at the other house. <laughs> You'll be at the real house, not the trailer yeah. house. And uh, my sister and brother-in-law and nephew nice. came down from the south side of Nashville. They're in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Um, they're coming down. They'll oh, be here for the week. I have friends in Murfreesboro. And, Is uh, that the s- same Murfreesboro? What was it? Applegate? I, Applegate? I, I know apple juice. No, wasn't there like a cult or something out of Murfreesboro? I, we'll do some fact-checking. Wait, you're the fact-checker. I don't, right. know what, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, all I do know and is Johnny that, Appleseed. And it'll, I'm going to hook you up with them. Uh, My buddy's name is Chuck Arnett, and his brother is the number six master distiller for Jack Daniels. You keep talking about this guy, but you've yet to. You, you've never said, hey, I've got a weekend. I'll hook a brother up. I've got every weekend. Perfect. I'll hook a brother up. <laughs> um, Thank you. You're welcome. You'll. He'll take you on like a, a cool tour. Sweet. Um, before I do forget, you're going to be here a pretty good bit of December. I'll be in Homestead a pretty good bit. I'll get up here probably maybe if I could squeeze in before you guys leave for Tennessee. Yeah. But we'll see. If, we, if not, I'll wait till Ted gets here and then probably jump up here. Yeah. One of those, whatever way you get up here, I think we should do a little lagoon meetup. Yeah. Go hang out because if if you're here, Ted's here. Or you're Might here. As you're well. here. I'm probably going to be in Tennessee. Well, I know, but if like if you do it before you go to Tennessee, right, right, yeah, yeah if that works like, out. Because I know fish and just I know people like, hey, we'll be at a sandbar here. based on Ted's schedule. Yeah, I'm going to miss Ted being here on the front half of his trip, but I might be able to see Ted in January when he's here. Right. So because yeah. Ted's going to be here December through January. And it's the back half that I'll be yeah. back. So I should be here until January. The fact 3rd. check was I remember reading it in the news. It was is because they have a big Islamic population. Oh, really? There, hmm. and it was is Islam a religion or a cult? Like a subset of Islam? No, just Islam. So is, oh, is known for right. Okay, that's where I know it from. What's Applegate? That was that Marshall Applegate dude. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I'm it's so like confused. I'm not following any. He of drank this. the Kool Aid. Was that? Was he from the that? Alien? No, he wasn't. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't also, know. over Christmas time, um, our resident bush pilot um yeah. jimmy, jimmy is going to be down from yeah. alaska 
Um, he is bringing with him um, some cabin brewed Alaska beer. He oh, is. Oh, boy. So and that's how you go he blind. Said something else. He told me he sent me. He said it's really good. Yeah. He sent a message. There's something that the natives. Oh, I've heard about that. Homebrew. Yeah. Oh, really? It's like illegal. It's like moonshine sort of, right? And they brew it in a bucket because (laughs) these native villages. It's illegal to have alcohol. It's illegal to have alcohol. Yeah. I don't think it's that. I hope. I hope. (laughs) He said he was bringing homebrewed in a cabin. He's bringing groceries that need to be reviewed. Not sure what that means. And stickers for a certain minivan, which I'm assuming means my Saturn. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow he thinks you have a van. I I guess you'll go blind in Alaska. I don't know. It's cool, though. But it is homebrew. That's what you're saying. That's what I thought. Cabin brew. Oh, boy. I'm excited. Yeah. We're going to fish. It'll be fun. I, 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 I to, he wrote Mark and I. He's like, I know Larry's going to be out of town. I'll be here. And I was like, yeah, Mark and I will take you out. I spoke from Mark. I don't even know if he's going to be here. <laughs> Probably not. No. He's going to Colorado. Colorado. But that's okay. Jimmy, you you can ride co-pilot. You're going to have a rad Christmas rad. out in yeah, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we couldn't hook up the last time he was here. Our days didn't match. Yeah. So, so he's like in Alaska for good now, right? Oh, and... I have uh, a envelope that came via the mail barge. Um, some um, chubby stickers for everybody. Nice. Ah, yes. So before you guys leave tonight, nice. <laughs> see me about that chubby. All right. Well, I would say we can probably wrap up the old episode thirty-seven. Um, with all of the holidays raining down on us, I don't know when the next time we'll all figure out to get together. I'd like to at least do one more time before I take off for Tennessee. So, uh, pending Carl uh, clearing things with his probation officer, um, we may just have him <laughs> rejoin us. And when that happens, look for episode 38. Until then... Peace out, Girl Scouts. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening.